Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. In this episode, I had the awesome pleasure of chatting with some, one of my dental role models and mentors, someone who I have been following for many years since back out when I was in dental school and you know watching his videos on YouTube. And that is Dr. Ashley Mark of All Things Dentistry. Ashley is probably one of the nicest, most humble, and generous guys I've had the pleasure of chatting to. And this is, episode is probably one of my favorite interviews, uh, mostly because I just I was a bit of a fanboy there, just kind of talking to him about how much I've enjoyed his videos and his teaching and, and all the things that I really learned from him in dental school, a lot of tips and tricks and things like that they pick up along the way that I use in, in uh, you know, daily practice. Uh, Ashley has uh, been a military dentist for, for most of his career career for the Canadian Army. He's been traveling along, worked in the U.S. where he did his AEGD and uh, went over to Belgium and Europe for a while. And now he's back in Ottawa, Canada for the past five or six years. In this episode, we cover a lot of topics. We cover his obviously his journey, his teaching. We talk about the origins of all things dentistry, which has just blown up on YouTube. He has almost you know 60,000 subscribers, uh, millions of views and over 700 videos, which is outstanding stick to uh, to produce such content over so many years and uh, I know myself and a lot of other people have really appreciated his work and the quality of his content and um, I, it was just nice to get an opportunity to chat with him and just show him my gratitude and, and tell him how much I appreciate what he's done and contributed to the dental community as well. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Henry Shine. With over 60,000 products available from consumables, cat cam technology, lab and large equipment, you can always rely on them to be your trusted business partners every step of the way. Uh, Ashley has also been working on a few courses, uh, especially for endodontics for general dentists. Um, and I had a unique opportunity to you know, test out the course and see what the content was like. And from a general dentist perspective, it's very practical, very hands-on and very applicable to your day-to-day practice. I think that if you check out this course and I'll have the links of the course in the show notes for you, you can actually have an impactful change in how you do endo, you know, starting from the next day at work. So I think definitely check it out if you have the opportunity or are interested in learning and improving your endodontic skill set. I think it is pretty useful to learn a procedure from a general dentist rather than a specialist on some occasions because they know the challenges, they know the time pressures and the lack of you know systemization that you might have in your practices and associates. So I think it's cool and I think it's a lot of useful information and tidbits that I've been using since I checked out the course. So I think you'll get a lot of value from it as well. Also, guys, if you've been enjoying the Newbie Dentist podcast, please be sure to head over to iTunes, give the show a five-star rating, and if you got some time, leave a review as well. It really does help grow the outreach and expansion of the podcast and try and grow the community a little bit. Uh, also, just want to talk about Foresight Dental. Foresight Dental is a project that I've started with uh, in collaboration with Dr. David Keir, and we're about to launch pre-sales for our Foresight Dental journal. The Dental Journal is sort of our kind of our passion project, really, to try and put down on paper all the things that we've learned from various interviewees and guests that we've had on the podcast. We're both big on you know personal improvement and consume a lot of books and audiobooks and podcasts and things like that as well. And we've kind of really just curated a selection of our favorite topics on um, setting your goals, setting your clarity and executing on your plans and vision and created a nice accountability sort of journal for you to write down and track your progress as a new dentist to make sure you're hitting those targets, to make sure you're actually improving day by day and not just kind of settling for average and, and just reaching a status quo early on in your career. So be sure to keep an eye on that. Follow us at number four, S-I-G-H-T Dental on Instagram and Facebook. 
Facebook and foresightdental.com as well for some pre-sale links and information. And uh, I hope you guys get a lot of value from this because we've put a ton of time into it. Without further ado, enjoy this amazing interview with one of my good friends and role models now, Dr. Ashley Mark. Hello and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. So I'm here with uh, Dr. Ashley Mark from allthingsdentistry.com on YouTube as well. Someone who you know has had a big impact on me in my early part of my career. I used to watch your videos on YouTube. I kind of came across them. So you know everything from like surgery to like suturing to dentures, photography. It was pretty cool. I think as you were learning it in your like residency programs and stuff, you'd kind of post it up for everybody else, everybody else to kind of learn as well, which is pretty exciting and and really uh, really a nice thing to do to contribute to the profession, which is uh, which is great. So. Well, if you don't mind, Ashley, what I'll do is kind of just get into a bit of an origin story. Maybe talk about your background, like why you decided to get into dentistry in the first place, where you went to dental school, and then uh, we'll kind of take things from there. Yeah, sure, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. This is actually my first podcast in my life, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. So, and like I said, like we were talking before, I'm sitting here with my beautiful wife. We're sitting in our vehicle, and uh, because we got nowhere else to go with a big family. Yeah. And uh, so I got into dentistry, I think, because I want. I never really had any bad stories. You know, everyone has their story. Either it's money related. I just couldn't get a medical school. Or I wanted a good job. Mine was I just uh, I saw dentistry as a little kid, and I just wanted to be, make it different for everybody else. I never had any bad story or no haunting. You know, you've got those patients with those haunting like yeah. I hate the dentist, the knee on the so chest, and yeah, that's exactly it. Always that knee on the chest, and I still even going through a program <laughs> never saw anybody do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just, that was the goal. Like I never knew, I have actually not known anything different to be a dentist. So it's crazy. So where did you, where'd you end up going? Where'd you go to dental school? All right. So I'm from a really small town in the middle of Canada. Like we were talking before you're in Toronto. So I'm from Manitoba. Yeah. Uh, I joke as it, it's one of those flyover drive through provinces between the West and the East of Canada. Yeah. So I'm from a town of about 6,000 and, um, I went to undergrad in a really small school to like 2,500. And then I uh, made it through there and I got into undergrad in the University of Manitoba. So that's in the city of Winnipeg, which is, yeah. I don't know, 800,000 maybe. Uh, and then in my second year, I actually joined them. I've always wanted to be a, I, it's crazy. kind of, I don't know. I looked at it. It's kind of funny. I wanted to be a military dentist my entire life. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> so, I was fortunate enough to apply and actually become a military dentist. And when I remember in basic training and my wife is in the military as well, but I remember in basic training thinking, this is not what I thought the military was going to be. So it was, uh, I didn't find it actually quite enjoyable, but, uh, so that's kind of where the, where I went to school. And then, yeah, so second year I got picked up in the Canadian forces and now it's been 21 years of being in the military. Oh, that's awesome. And I keep that actually, I haven't really advertised that. Like you notice in the, my, my original videos in the residency, I always had military patients. Yeah. But I never really said where I was. Actually, it's a question for you. Did, did you know where I was? 
No, I mean, the assumption was, I always thought you were just an American. I thought you're American in the middle. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done this podcast for a couple of years now. So I've had a lot of opportunities to chat with a lot of military dentists, but they've all been like the American guys. So they're kind of um, either stationed in the US or have been in Europe and stuff. So it's been cool to get their perspective and what they've been like. So I assumed when I was watching your videos, it was the same case and you're just in the, in the US military, like doing a GPR program or something. Um, and then I yeah. think when I actually went, it was the first time I thought, oh, like I saw you're Canadian or I was like, oh, it was weird was I went to like contact you on, on YouTube and it had like a Canadian flag. And I was like, oh, he's Canadian. <laughs> That's like the, that was the first, like, first time I thought or heard or saw that you were kind of Canadian. So that was pretty interesting. So that's it though. Then um, I guess continuing after dental school, we got moved around. So I got posted to uh, Ontario for the first time. And then uh, um, we went to a couple of places in Ontario. Then we went to Belgium. Nice. My wife and I both moved there. We had uh, two kids there. And then I got picked up to go to this, the University of Manitoba. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to, she's giving me notes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Texas. So we were actually in Fort Hood. So I got picked up the Canadians. I got picked up to the Canadian side and then they sponsored us to go to the States. Yeah. And then we did the, the uh, residency down there. And then I ended up in, uh, then I went to Halifax, went to Afghanistan and then uh, oh. came to Ottawa and then I went to Iraq and then we've been here for five years, actually six years now. That's really cool. So you've, so you've kind of had a pretty adventurous first, you know, 10 or so years kind of traveling around, going to different, different areas and working. So what's it like when you, when you get like deployed over to like Afghanistan and Iraq? So you're just obviously there providing like dental services or. Well, that's a very funny question you may ask because my initial tour had nothing to do with delivering care. It actually had to do with mentoring the Afghans and actually it was even the next. So at that point, the Canadians wanted to get out. Uh, and close the door. So they our, our mandate was to create a package for them to be able to train their own. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. what, that's what our last my time there was developing this package. So we could say, here you go, and uh, they could create their own dental therapist essentially. Uh, but when I was in Iraq, I was doing a lot of uh, we did dentistry there, and I loved it. It was just and honestly, it's really what that residency has trained us for. It's for excuse me, overseas deployments. So doing stuff that there's no one else around or the next helicopter is, you know, a three hour flight. Yeah. So uh, you get to so. have a pretty expanded scope and try out a lot of things, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. That's what I love doing too. Yeah. So, so where are you now? You're, you're in, uh, in Ottawa. Is that right? How long have you been there for? So we've been in Ottawa for five years and, and, um, it's been uh, it's been great actually. We we love the city. So I don't know if you've been here a lot ever. I've been a couple of times. Um, it's quiet, like definitely compared to like Toronto. And yeah. uh, what I remember, I, it's been a few years, but I remember I just remember my impression of it was it was really clean. Like it was just like a really clean town. And um, so I don't know if that's still the case or not. But <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like we're sitting down by the river right now. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. We love. I mean, we love it here. So this will be this will be the end of the road. Yeah, for us, so you're, you're going to be stationed in Ottawa then for good. No more moving around. So, uh, yeah, so what's going to happen is we have now, so um, Texas during the program, my wife gave birth to another, to our third son. And then we went to Halifax. Uh, our fourth child, our daughter was born. And then um, and then we came here. So and everybody's setting down roots and yeah. that's it. So once I get the message to say, you got to move, it's going to be, okay, well, I really appreciate my service and it's time to go time to do something else yeah 
So tell me a little bit about the, you know, all things dentistry. Um, obviously, I think I was just going back on your YouTube videos. It's been about seven years, I think, since you kind of first started that. So, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, not many people have done that. You know, it's, it's grown a lot. You have like almost like 57,000 subscribers on yeah. YouTube. You have over like 770 videos. So you've obviously helped a lot of people. How has that been in your life, in your career, in terms of uh, have you had much feedback? Have you had a lot of people kind of reaching out to you about the content and stuff that you've created? Has it opened up a lot of opportunities for you? What's that been like? I think, you know, that's such a great question. And, you know, the the funniest thing and the reason why it started was it was two reasons. One, um, so you're 30 years old. I don't know. Do you have a lot of videos of your dad or your mom when they were really small? Like, or when they were, say, in their 30s? Not, many, not at all. Yeah. No, you know, and like maybe today it's a little bit different when everything is video and you yeah. might see them, but, but put them online about what my dad was. So my kids can see their dad. That's super cool. Yeah. That was really what it was. And so I was like, oh, I'll do that. And then the second was I'm learning all this stuff that is so basic. Like it is ridiculously basic, but some reason we don't learn it in dental school. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there was like day one, I was learning stuff and I'm thinking, why am I the only person, like literally, why am I the only person learning this? Why doesn't anybody else learn this? And this can make a difference for everybody else. So that's, yeah. uh, that was the, and actually the other reason was because I'm going to leave. I'm going to not have all these amazing specialists around me. I'm going to go back and in 10 years later, I'm going to not remember what to do. <laughs> yeah. So that's those three things. I really kind of was like okay well what happened was one day i'm like um i asked uh one of my the director i'll never forget it i asked him and he said can we make some videos and put this online and he's like i don't know so i went up to the <laughs> the commander and she said yeah go ahead and i yeah. could not believe it like of all <laughs> things i mean i just couldn't believe it because everything was very like everything especially at that time even today is like restrictive right with yeah. the military and she said Go ahead. And they didn't even watch. They never, I don't think anybody's watched them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them were bad. Like, you just, I watch them now. I'm thinking, whoa, that was terrible. Like, there's just no intro, like all this stuff. And the reason why is I just didn't have time. Like, I had, we had a small family. We had, well, three kids. I had this program to hammer through. And I got all this other work to do. And I, and I want to put this stuff online. So it had to be cut right then as fast as possible yeah so that's where some of it was really bad and some was okay and um i think for i it's it's interesting because i've it's it's been like i i remember looking back like what happened was i moved to halifax and i just literally ran out of time yeah and i felt like i so i didn't have all these people feeding me information right so i felt like i was a conduit and then i'm just like well when I got to Halifax, my after the program, there's a prosthodontist, there's a periodontist, and then I'm I just I didn't have I just ran out of the drive to like this I didn't have energy to keep so yeah. yeah to keep the content and then I'm like who am I like I don't have I mean I just need these experts because there's a lot of expert opinion but there's also a lot of so that you know you could be doing something for 20 years and it's just worked for you mm -hmm. and but I didn't have that experience right so I kind of what happened was it kind of like mm, down to a grinding halt. And then um, honestly, I just felt that I didn't have any, didn't have any expertise in something. 
kind of like faded away for a while. And then I'd look back and like, ah, yeah. that's cool. Wow. I'm like, well, look at all these people watch it. That's cool. And I see all these comments and I really just kind of like, you know, family <laughs> and life kind of uh, just kind of kept up or caught up and we just kind of kept going. And then uh, really what happened was um, I've always been teaching. I've always had a love for endo. Yeah. Like absolute love for it. And um, I don't have time to go back to endo school. And quite frankly, I don't know if I'd actually get in, but you know, I just don't have the time, but I love it. And I just taken so much time to, to hone that expertise. And I've, we've taught our own, our own clinical endo courses in the military after the last three years. So now I feel that I have a certain amount of expertise underneath my belt to be able to share what I've learned from others and hone it into, uh, Nintendo. So that's kind of what I've been doing right now. I feel comfortable doing yeah. is to be able to share stuff in endo practical. It's not like a PowerPoint presentation on <laughs> bonding agents. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where that all came about. That's really interesting. I, I mean, a lot of the all the things resonates with me as well. Uh, when I started the podcast, one of my thoughts was as well, you know, I, if nothing comes of this, if nothing, no one listens to it, at least my kids can listen back and be like, oh, my dad produced like 50 60 70, hour, 70 hours of content that i can like look back and listen on and yeah that's cool his, man his perspectives and stuff were so so that that uh driving force for you really kind of resonates with me so that's super cool so when you were in your residency uh is that like a was that a gpr program you were doing or what kind of program were you in and how long was that how many years was that program yeah so the way that program works is that uh the the, the u.s army so there's so we don't have our own. So it's called an advanced education, general dentistry. Yeah. Is it the same as a GPR? I don't know because I've never done a GPR U.S. Army. And it seems to, they rotate it every, I don't know, decade. They move it to different places. But at the they might have just closed one. So the Air Force, Army, and Navy have their own. And the Air Force, we have uh, our own dentists go to an Air Force program. And it's a two-year program. Yeah, It's in San Antonio. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's got a master's degree now too. Yeah, so I got... I missed the master's cutoff, but, uh, so, and then the, the army now still has in Jacksonville, North Carolina, I think it's called to Jacksonville. Anyways, it's called Fort Bragg. So there's a residency there. Yeah. There's one in Hawaii and then there's one in uh, Fort hood, Texas. So the beauty of the one that I went to is that there are no special specialty training centers at all. There's none. So what happens is you get everything. Yeah. In the other residencies, there's endodontists, there's uh, pros, there's perio. So what they do, it's just like dental school. You know, they steal all the the cases, and then you know you're left kind of figure out whatever you can. Right? Nobody, yeah. nobody's doing restorative, so you can have as many fillings as you want. But yeah. we need to get endos done, so it's kind of like you're left with the whatever you get. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's the way it was for dental school with you. Oh, for sure. I think that's a global global trend for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So that was, uh, so the beauty of the, so what happened was when we did a program in, in Fort Hood, uh, I remember, um, this is a really funny story because we flew in, uh, Catherine can chime in on this too, actually. So we had, um, we took the boat. So we had two kids at that age at that time. And that was in 2010, the summer of 2010. We didn't want to deal with the time change from Belgium. So we took the Queen Mary or Queen Elizabeth, you know, the cruise ship over. Yeah. Okay, nice. So it took seven days. So we'd have, like every day we gradually yeah gradually right so we didn't get there with two kids in a hotel driving us nat and crazy so we get to new york and then we and then 
we get into Austin and that was a nice city, but we only stayed by the, we stayed right by the airport. And then we got onto a shuttle the next day. So we're, we're coming from this, you know, Europe with this beautiful architecture. Yeah. And then we get into near an army base in the middle of nowhere and the shuttle driver gets lost and we end up downtown in this town called Killeen, which is right next to the army base. And we're looking like where on earth did we land? It looks like if you could imagine any like, low down place you don't want to end up yeah that was exactly where so she wasn't too i don't think you were too impressed <laughs> not a so great it was first impression yeah oh no it was, it was like it's all tattoo parlors and used pawn shops yeah and used cars right <laughs> so but what happened was then we moved into a you know we go into the suburb and we loved it there we actually loved it so um and then we started the residency and like honestly um at that time, there were two Canadians. One was a junior. We called them juniors and seniors. Yeah. Uh, we hop in and we just start. We would do rotations in different disciplines. And uh, so that's how that worked. That's really cool. It's interesting that you say endo is your main sort of passion in, in, in terms of clinical dentistry. Because looking back at the videos, I would have thought like surgery and stuff is like what you're yeah. really kind of really into a lot. Um, do you think that's changed and shifted a little bit over the years? Or has endo like from like from the start been your your main like area that you've really enjoyed? Surgery. What's that? I was just saying you used to always say you wanted to go oral surgery when oh, I first no, met. Oh yeah, but it's just yeah, you know, <laughs> surgery was great. I just endo is so like to me. So what's happened is that um, in the job that I'm in now, my my clinical ability, my clinical time has been reduced. It's an army thing. It's hard to explain, but just my clinical time is reduced. And to me, the most challenging skill of all is endo. Yeah. No one really has explained, I don't know, in dental school, no one explains endo. They're just kind of like drill a hole, <laughs> get to some working length, you know, put it with stuff in there. And it's all like kind of magic. Yeah. And it'll take you forever. Like it'll take you a couple appointments and you, so what happened was I, what did I, what happened was, uh, oh, to maintain my skills, the easiest way is to through endo because endo is so tactical sensitive and it's so complicated that it was able to, that kind of covered everything. So that's why I kind of focus on endo. Yeah. Do I like surgery? I'll tell you, man, two days, yesterday, no, two days ago, I was trying to take a tooth out and he couldn't, I could, this is the second time I couldn't get him numb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm probably, I mean, do you take a lot of teeth out? I do. And it's, I, I kind of, I, you know, what you're saying kind of resonates because, you know, then dental school, I love surgery. I was like, I'm going to do oral surgery. And it's like, all I want to do is just take out teeth all day. And then you get into private practice and you're working and then you, you encounter those tough situations where you kind of get stuck taking a tooth out and you run late and, and you look at the production versus the stress versus the liability of things can go wrong. You're like, yes. is it really worth it? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. And you look at the time, it's almost like, Time flies by in those stressful moments when nothing's happening and you're yeah. like, ah, oh. you know, when you're bored and you have to count a minute, it's like, okay, we're going to, you and it's I are going to sit yeah. and count a minute. You're like it takes forever. <laughs> and you're sitting there with a problem and it's almost like, oh, half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So my wife is, as you can tell, she's giving me notes. Yeah. <laughs> so she, I've learned now too, because she's a sedation nurse and okay. she works with all So I've yeah. learned, uh, I've, uh, I just stay away from, I mean, I take out teeth. That's not a problem. I love taking teeth out, but you know, honestly, my experience now has been most people want to be sedated for taking teeth out. Yeah. It's a much and more, I don't know. Experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I 
cases. And I'm always so happy that my patients are nice and comfortable and sound asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I think we prefer that too. I, I mean, I, I, I haven't had the pleasure. I haven't had the experience of doing that sedation stuff. I've seen other obviously oral surgeons when I'm assisting or rotating through stuff, um, how much better it is, but, um, I'm stuck doing it with like local anesthetic and they're, you can just tell they're not happy, right? It's not a great practice builder either. <laughs> no. And I think, so through the program, you know, um, I think one of the I don't know what's happened now. I think there's more videos on it, but I had this doctor, what the Dr. Partridge. I can't remember the name I called him, but oh, actually, that's really funny because all the doctors' names are backwards. Okay. <laughs> so that's why there's like, uh, you'll see them. Well, one of them, uh, yeah, most of them are backwards. So like Dr. Dre's name is actually Dr. Yard. And there's a bunch of other guys. So I gave them finicky names because they didn't. I didn't want to give them their real yeah. names. Uh, I don't know why. But Dr. Partridge, <laughs> which was that old guy. I, I, I watched it, but I was really, I really wanted him. He was, so the beauty of Dr. Partridge is he did the same residency I did in like 1960. And he taught us how to take teeth out without sedation. Like when you have somebody sedated, I mean, the level of anesthesia is probably like 5%. I mean, it's yeah. like drug in, cut, hammered out. They're jumping around, you know, and the anesthesia takes place 25 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that with, you know, a, a, a conscious patient. So what he taught us was, and so what I learned, and this is not to knock oral surgeons, it's not that, it's that um, what I learned from somebody who has to be, it's really technique sensitive when you, when the patient is awake, yeah. you can't hit them with a hammer. You can't, and it's yeah. like, it is what it is. So as uh, in my residency, the most I learned, the valuable information was from the guy who's been doing it for 50 years awake patients and knowing how to section properly and not he doesn't bring out the chisel and bang it in half and then you know so that was dr partridge so what i wanted to do was so that might be the reason why is the, the surgery part because he taught us so much that you can't learn from somebody who works with sedated patients all the time yeah and that's i mean they're experts in what they do don't get me wrong but the patients are usually unconscious <laughs> would you agree kath yeah, it doesn't really matter if how, how well the local works no. with the sedated patient. No. So. so, so that's why when uh, I made those, I don't know if you ever saw them. I made a the little box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out a way to get him to teach how to use. Th- I I thought about it for days, man. So yeah. I just. That's funny. What did you think of that? I think it's useful. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't have all the tools to do it myself, but it'd be, it was fun to see you doing it, like you're drilling the holes and putting like the wax and the teeth in there. And kind of <laughs> just, do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we did that in the garage. I don't know. I was just trying to think of ways to, I was trying to think of ways to communicate that information because it's really hard to do it intraorally because there's cameras and a mouth and yeah. uh, you want it really controlled, you know? Anyways, enough of that. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. So have like has any? I mean, it's a fair few, fair bit of content. A lot of viewers and stuff. Have you had like any opportunities come out of it? Have like any companies approached you? Have you had um, any like speaking or lecturing engagements and stuff like that come out of it at all? You know, that's a great question. You know, honestly, I'm not that kind of. I really like the YouTube platform. I love it, and I don't really. I like it because it's more. It's not so much it's more controlled, like, well, not during a program, it's not controlled, but when I create my content now, cause now it's really heavy on endo, yeah. uh, I can really sit back and think about the message I'm going to give. So I really like that. And I honestly, 
our host is so busy that I do not have time to go. Time. I mean, how many times have we rebooked this two times? Yeah. And right now in my stage career, it's, um, I'm just grateful. I'm honestly, I'm super grateful for this opportunity, but I'm also super grateful for people when they put comments. That's huge yeah. to me. Like it just, it's very meaningful. And, um, I look at the impact that you can make through the internet positively. Yeah. Like, you know, you got a thousand people just watching. If they even watch like 10% of it, maybe they'll get something that'll make a difference. You know, and actually speaking of you right now, so have I been approached by companies? Eh, not really, but I'm not really out there yeah. saying, look, I want to go and advertise for you. Looking at marketing with things. Yeah, it's kind of, but, but you know, the thing really with the next, so my next post actually in the next week or two is going to be the top five videos that I've learned from. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, yeah. So because there, there are actually very, so, do you do that endo? Um, I do a do little bit. Yeah, I do a little bit. It's not my main, unfortunately, I work in pretty like kind of low socioeconomic areas. So a lot of people choose the extraction over the end. Yeah, so I get a lot more extraction experience, but I've, I mean, I do enjoy it a lot. And uh, actually later on today, I'm, I'm interviewing a couple uh, endodontists here in Melbourne. So I'm excited to kind of get into that. that oh, that's cool. With them too, so. so like one of the tips that this guy on in the UK talks about, like if you do a canine and I've run into this problem, the gutter perch is too short. Mm-hmm. Like the gutter perch it to fit it into the canal. I mean, the tooth is 31 millimeters. And, yeah. and so what he shows, and unfortunately he labeled his, his video is labeled totally the wrong thing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But when I watch them, like, so what he does is he takes his gutter perch and just rolls out, not the apical, not the middle third. Yeah. Not the apical third, but he rolls out the other part. So it makes it longer. Okay, cool. <laughs> Dude, that is a game changer. Yeah. Whoa. It's like, like if you're, cause you know, if you're doing single canals, yeah, that can make a huge difference. In the canine. So yeah. you just, you leave the apical third cause that's where you're, you know, the, the important part. Yeah, and you roll out the top, and then you get like thirty-two millimeters. You can put it in there to get your working length. Oh man! Before that, I was putting like gluing, like I was trying to put a file on the end, like yeah. make it so it's long enough. <laughs> like so, that's my next post. Is those types of video, like those? There's five of them that have been used. Uh, yeah. That's is, great. Uh, incredible. That's great. Yeah, and, and that's the best thing. I and mean, you know these YouTube videos or podcasts and stuff, or even Instagram. And I don't think are you on Instagram at all, like for in the dental. Uh, I don't have a lot of time. So, so those things are great because you just pick up. You're just kind of scrolling through, or you're just watching a few videos here and there, and and someone spent hours developing something, and you just kind of pick it up quickly, and like and that's and yeah, you can use it now, right? So that's the beauty of it. You can really accelerate your learning, or just learn these little cool tips and tricks, and uh, that makes a big difference in terms of your day to day kind of practice. So, so stuff like that, rolling out the the GP cones, is, I'll have to check that out and see if I can do that as well. That'd be useful. Oh, it's so simple. And you'll, you'll never forget it, man. Cause you're going to run it. I mean, you're going to do a canine at some point in your career. Yeah. You'll have the right, you'll have the right length of files. Now you got it. That's all because <laughs> of John Rhodes. Yeah. So he's a UK. Honest. Okay, cool. I'm excited to uh, check out that video when you, when you publish it. You should it. actually message him and see if you can talk to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll look up when you post the video, I'll, I'll, I'll find the link from it and I'll, I'll get in contact. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about like your current practice. I know you said you've been limiting it more to endo. I know you're using it like a microscope and stuff. So what's that? Yeah. Like, what's your, what's your day to day? Like what's your average week like right now in terms of clinical work? 
for the last five years, I've, my practice has been limited in terms of dentistry. But as of Monday, I go back to doing a full regular day of dentistry, which is amazing. So what's happened was because my my clinical time was limited, I focused on endo. And I'll never forget buying my first microscope. I was like super excited. I yeah. was super cheap. So I got it super low price. And then what I did was I just worked on extracted teeth, working and working, working. So what happened was I took the risk of because I'm at the point in my life where I need to retire and find a real job. <laughs> oh, what I, but I, I kind of want to go away from doing just fillings and chat, like hygiene checks and fillings, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a long day. Yeah. I'm sure. Are you, is that what you're up to? I mean, I mean, as a new grad, I've been out for two years now. So a lot of the bulk of what we do is just basic, you know, restorative and extractions and checkups, not a whole lot of like advanced, you know, indirect work and things They come about every so often, but uh, still definitely much, very much in the basic restorative treatment. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a while now. So what I wanted to do was see if I can just do endo strictly. So um, I focused just doing endo and I've now in the military, that's what I do. But outside, so a couple of private clinic, private clinics, I've been doing endo for them, and it's yeah. it's been a lot of work, but it's been absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, I'm not an endodontist, and I don't pretend to be one, so I'm not tackling retreats. I'm not tackling apicos. But what I am doing is uh, start to finish routine endos, and that's where yeah. that's where my that's where what I find again. So I'm going to go back to. I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm going to go back to like all surgeons. So surgeons, they've been trained in sedating patients and hammering teeth out. Yeah. And you know, they're used to using their specific, like they walk in, everything's set up. Yeah. They've got ultrasonic, they've got all of this. General dentist does not do that. A general dentist walks into the operatory. Everything is like all over the place. Yeah. They're pulling endophiles out of the drawers. And that's where, I believe where my expertise lies in because I have to set all this stuff every time, every time I go into a clinic, into a, into the operatory, we're there setting it up out of the drawers and it has to be efficient Yeah. because operatory is not set up for endo. It's set up for everything. Mm -hmm. So that's where kind of where my expertise now is trying to translate those, you know, those little tips and hints of of doing endo in general practice because most people don't have a microscope, right? Yeah. They don't. I mean, it's just this, it's too expensive and Takes to learn room how to, and yeah. Oh, it's room. It's everything, but they want to do endo. Mm-hmm. So why not? Let's, let's guide people to tackling endo that's useful for them. That is actually profitable, but they get the, but are get great outcomes, you know? And one of the, I don't know if you've had this experience, but taking your file down a canal and it doing this. The hard you had that? Yeah. That's, that's when your heart you sinks. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there and you try to twist harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That the heart stop is the worst. That's when you know things are going to be. It's going to be a long afternoon. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. And you know, the secrets are so simple, man. Yeah. They're so simple to, to fix that problem. It's, and so that's where. I right now I'm super passionate about taking that hard stop and making it into something. So you don't lose your confidence mm-hmm. and you're not like, I hate this. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. Where yeah. if you can do a premolar with a post and core in an hour, man, wow. that's like an awesome feeling. It's that an amazing is. feeling, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you bring them back for a crown. Patient's happy. You're happy. I mean, it's an amazing feeling. And I think that that's, I know that's totally achievable. Yeah. So for me is to translate, communicate that in my sort of my videos right now, that's really what I want to do. That's super useful. Because I know it's trouble, man. And now a short ad break from our sponsor. Henry Schein has a complete endodontic solution for your practice. Their vast range of products include everything from diagnosis right through to retreatment. With brands you can trust like Merida, Coltine, Edge Endo, Comet, and Septodont, you are guaranteed to find everything you need. Interested in learning more about Endo? Henry Schein also runs hands-on endodontic courses. Visit henryshine.com.au for more information. I think it's such a great point because you know, when I, when I work and I work as an associate and out of couple of practices, so, you know, it's different systems, it's different setups. There's the endo patient, the nurse hasn't done endo in like a month. So they're looking at the technique cards, like, what do I need? What do I pull out? So it, nothing is like systemized. So you're kind of, you know, figuring things out on the fly as you're going. So it definitely is a lot of inefficiencies in that. That's why I think there's treatment time and everything kind of gets spread out and you get frustrated. The patient gets frustrated. So I think it'd be really handy if you can, like, I mean, if you're working on that and that's something you, you're kind of passionate about to kind of create like a systemized way of doing this a little bit more efficiently. That'd be super, that'd be like really handy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it, it totally is. And that's where I'm really geared towards. And honestly, this is not, I'm not paid by Densefly, but I don't know if you've used Wave One Gold. Yeah, it's a good system. Oh, that man, that <clears throat> is indestructible. Yeah. It, it really is. That has made such, that has made me, confident in moving towards fiber practice to do this and that's what we train that's what i tra- i mean it's just ridiculous like yeah is it as efficient is it does it preserve as much to structure as say uh true shape true anatomy or even any of the other types of files that are just uh constant taper 04 no mm-hmm. but you give up a bit of two structure for absolute almost certainty of not breaking something yeah which is worth oh, cool. it. It's a good trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it totally is. Yeah. So that, so, uh, so we were talking about what's my day look like. Well, what's going to happen now is I'm just starting to do a lot more guided. Uh, so we got the guided surgery, guided implant surgery stuff. Yeah. Uh, the toys for that. So uh, that isn't. That's part of my next pro. My YouTube project is to. Uh, I don't know if you placed implants. Uh, not yet. Something that I really want to get into. I've been, I've been kind of taking some courses and stuff. So slowly kind of get in there, but, uh, it's tough as an associate also, because I feel like I'm not, if I'm not going to necessarily be at a certain practice for a long time, I don't want to start placing them and then not be around for the follow-up care and things like that. So, uh, that's just something like a hurdle that I don't know if it's like, just like my personal mental block about it, or it's the right thing to do. So I'm not sure. <laughs> it's both, you know what? I totally understand what you're saying. Like, um, there's, uh, the one, you know, I'm just doing endo for one office, but I see they have the endo, the implant stuff to do, but then you're kind of like, how do I get the, you know, is the nurse assistant properly trained? Mm-hmm. Do they have the right stuff? Am I going to get halfway through this and it's all going to fall apart the, the procedure? Um, but what I can say is that if you, my advice is that if you do start doing basic implants, yeah, learn how to. The guide, the guided ones are going to make your life so much easier. Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> like even not not fully guided. Um, what we do is we just we do the first drill, and then you can that just gives you the basic firing line, and then it's so simple, man. Like yeah. 
It really is. And that's, uh, so that's kind of what, so doing a lot of endo, um, taking teeth out and implants and actually to be honest, I love doing ortho as well. Um, yeah. really basic ortho, like my own, like super basic, Yeah, but it's, it's a cool thing. Um, I don't know if you, are you guys using Invisalign? Do you do that stuff? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's getting huge here as well. So clear, correct and Invisalign and those like, um, yeah. Yeah. So doing, uh, doing that, that's kind of my, my, my basic load will be now just those types of, uh, those things and lots of teaching. Cause that's what my job is now in the army. I love to teach yeah. and just teaching like my job as a senior, senior dentist is really to pass on the mistakes. Like I was talking to a young guy today, two days ago. I'm like, all these mistakes I just told you about, I don't want you to do them. You can make your own. <laughs> make new ones, yeah. Yeah, you can make new ones, but I'm telling you, that's what—that's the reason why we're in this this organization that we work, is that so we can pass on all that stuff so our patients actually get a better outcome. And really, that's what YouTube, that's kind of what all the the dental people on YouTube are trying to do. They're trying to like pass on their information so yeah. we don't, you know, you don't replicate that error. But uh, for example, let me just tell you one example. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if um, in our private side, you just have to send an x-ray before you do a crown to the insurance. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the same for you guys. So we're pretty lucky in Australia. We don't have that because I, I worked in I worked in Canada for a year after graduating. So I remember that process of like getting pre-approved for things. Um, luckily, they don't have that system here in Australia. It's just like kind of automatically approved. So you just kind of swipe their insurance card and it's good to go. So it's a big difference in that regard. Wow. So that's a you know that's 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 amazing. Yeah. So one of the one of the interesting things is that so what so what I found is that it's the normal pattern for even because they come out of dental school. The normal pattern is to take a PA before you do your crown preparation. Mm -hmm. But I will never forget, and I never posted this story, but I was doing an endo like three years ago on a friend of mine that uh, he was in Belgium with us as a military police and he needed a root canal done. So I'm, I'm, into the, I'm into the tooth and I see these two like silver things in the pulp chamber. And I'm thinking, what on earth, what <laughs> the hell are those things? It looks like, you know, like prison bars. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. So I figured it out. What happened was they, you know, have you, I don't know if you were taught how to use pins. Do you remember using pins? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody had placed pins into the tooth and, you know, you place a pin, you look, you make sure there's no blood coming out. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I would do. Like uh, <laughs> no blood. We're gonna go. So they placed the pins into the tooth. No blood came out, restored the tooth. Well, what happened was the tooth was dead before they even restored it. Right. Yeah. So uh, what I've been taught, what we, what I preach now is cause I've seen this several times where the crown is done without any type of cold testing. Yeah. So what happens is the tooth is necrotic. I mean, months, years before that, I mean, before the crown was done. So, and then what you see is you see a reduction in my, in my heart, you're seeing a reduction of the outcome of that tooth because now we know that with uh, lesions, with endo lesions, the yeah. probability of success is a lot lower, right? Yeah. So cold test any tooth you do before you do a filling or a large restoration or a crown and then do the endo even before it needs that crown. Yeah. So that was so stuff like that, right? Yeah. Those are just great lessons, right? It's practical tips that you might not pick up in a textbook or, or like oh. in dental school. It just comes from like years of experience and kind of doing it and doing it wrong. And you're like, Oh, I should have done it the other way. So, so I think it is it's definitely valuable to get all these lessons and, 
like I said, it does, it does kind of uh, like time collapse your learning. If it took you like five years to like learn all this stuff and you're just telling it to other people through a video, they can learn it in five, 10 minutes. Right. So that's, that's pretty special. No, absolutely, man. 20 years worth, not five years. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. It's, it, I guess time flies by. I mean, I'm two years out now, so I'm already like my back and neck are sore. So I'm trying to already, I can't imagine doing it for 20 years, but I guess we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Oh, you should see this guy I work with downtown, a private clinic. He's like 70 and he runs around like a tornado. He's ridiculous. I can't believe it. No back pain, nothing. Wow, good and he's like this. <laughs> he doesn't use a dental system for half the time. He's, I'm like, I don't know how he's, oh man, <laughs> I'm telling you like, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Dentistry's hard on the body. Yeah, for sure. It takes this toll. So what's the, uh, what's the dentistry like in Ottawa right now? What's the, is there like the saturation levels and stuff that you hear in some of the other big cities? Is that pretty, pretty similar in Ottawa or? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, uh, it unfortunately is, is, uh, saturation is pretty high and that's one of the, that's unfortunate. And actually it's, it's, it's really high for everyone. It's high for endo. It's high for ortho. Uh, oral surgery, I don't think there's just one huge practice. It's not that saturated. Yeah. Um, perio, it's unfortunate. I think, you know, who was I talking to? I don't know if it's just a money, you know, I hate to say it's a money grab through universities to bring more international students in. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, because it is, it is actually quite crazy. Which yeah. is kind of why you started this. Like we didn't want to go into private practice. There's so many practices. So you're now keeping everybody's endo in house, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. So I just want to do yeah, just do my endo. I'll go to a few few clinics and uh we'll see how that works. I, I mean I love what I do, right? So yeah. um well that's a, it's a good business model from your end of things. If you have that one specialized thing that you like to do, you get to just do it in other practices and, and not worry about the overhead and not worry about like all the headaches and stuff like that. So you just kind of go and do what you got to do and and you can leave at the end of the day and not have to worry about anything, which is nice. <clears throat> I think, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, uh, I've been, I honestly, man, I, I can't say how grateful I am for the career that I've had, especially for the military. I haven't had to deal with that stuff. Um, and I would say as a, a plug for any armed services for their, for people to go and do it, get that experience because yeah. they, you get a breadth of experience and then you don't have to deal with, I mean, you're still an associate, so you don't deal with that business yeah. part of it. Right? That's right. You know, so it's, uh, it gives you the opportunity. Like right now you're learning, you're learning a lot of stuff. You don't have to deal with all the other baloney. You just kind of focus, <laughs> focus on you Yeah. until you jump. That's great. So what's your, what's the plan for the next, like say a few years for the all things dentistry kind of project that you've been working on? What do you kind of uh, envision it heading towards? Oh, man, plan. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to actually, one of the things, so it's more of focus, like more like, cases but, but more endo stuff and i think what's going to happen is that i'm going to kind of open back out to more surgery stuff uh i don't know we'll see how it goes i think there's a i think the world is kind of going towards more com obviously computer-based stuff so yeah. um, what i really wanted to do is i've connected with um one of our oral radiologists you know what's really cool i don't know if have you sat through an oral radiologist lecture before uh, like, if, like in dental school once, um, it's been a long time. So I, I, I would probably appreciate it a lot more now, ha like having been working and kind of seeing the, the benefit of it. Yeah, man. Like they run, they'll run through, they see all these crazy whack, wacky, like cone beam cases. Yeah. And then 
they just like, oh, well, this and that. And then they show you, they're like, oh, well, that is that. And you're like, whoa, crazy. <laughs> so there's a guy. So, you know, I mean, that's probably one of the sweetest jobs possible. You just read 3D radiographs, you charge somebody 50 bucks <laughs> and it's done. Right. So uh, I wanted to get him on very similar to this, do like a Skype thing for just for him to run through some cases. Yeah. That are totally benign. It's not like this huge, like broken jaw and, you know, third head coming out of here. It's just like stuff you wouldn't pick up on an x-ray. Here's the clinical symptoms. And you're like, oh, so that's kind of where I want to go with, with um, all things dentistry as well. That kind of like open up to things that you don't normally see because not a lot of people, I mean, there's not a lot of oral radiologists that yeah. are, it's pretty boring, I think for the most part, but, uh, and then I think that's, I think just trucking along and seeing where we go. Like honestly answering questions, that's a big thing as well. Yeah. Taking the questions what people ask and just cutting a quick video, posting it, uh, and then uh, finding, and that's about it. You know, that's really where it's been now. It's just answering people's questions. That's great. I think it's, I, you know, the online, like online learning and online courses and stuff is a great kind of future because especially for new grads, because I, I was the same way, like when you're working, you're not necessarily like booked out all the time. So you have gaps in your schedule and stuff. So that's like really good time that you can use. Like if I'm at work, let me just focus my time and like doing dentistry. So even when I'm not working or I have like a, a patient doesn't show up or I have a gap in my book, I'll just hop onto like an online course, like Spear or, or like uh, ADD and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, consuming courses and content. So I think, um, like you said, the online thing is really cool. If you're, if you're going to get into kind of making courses and, um, interviewing some other people, I think it'll be like really valuable for a lot of new grads. So you'll be providing a lot of value, which is, which is great. Well, it's cool. So my wife is, but yeah, I have a hard, you know, I'm a hard time because I've, I've done this content for so long. And what I, what I did was we created a course, uh, we created a course online, so we're slowly getting it out. Uh, it's for ba- it's for basic endo stuff as well. Yeah. So the difference for me is that what I love about kind of I've taken what I've taught and what I've practiced for the last three years and made it into a practical. Actually, you know what I should do is I should send it to you. What I'm going to do is I'm practice. once we're done here, I'll send you the link to it so you can take a look at it. Uh, I mean, like I said, you've been you know I I my I'm very honest and genuine I try and be anyways and genuinely like I've and I know your videos and I know the tooth block and the wood block because I've literally like I'd be in dental school and I'd be on all things dentistry YouTube and I'm watching your stuff so definitely from my perspective you've helped me a lot so that's why I I'm happy to help you in any way so let me know if there's anything I can do and uh, I'm definitely ready and willing to kind of repay that so Yeah, no, thanks. I really appreciate that. Obviously, it's a, it's hard to move from because I've been in a socialist system my entire <laughs> life. Right? Yeah, <laughs> an army patient shows in, shows up. You're like, what do you need? Like, they're like, I need this. Okay, and then you just say, well, you're going to do this, and they're like, okay. Actually, my only currency, this is what I've I've kind of led myself to believe, anyways, is that our only currency is time. Yeah, is literally time. so. If they're if they're deploying to overseas in a certain period of time, then we can't do anything. Like we can't do a certain amount of treatment. Yeah. Otherwise, pretty much time is the currency and their willingness to go through it because it's all free. Yeah. So that is the beauty in which the system I practice because I don't have to. We don't have to fumble with fees, but it's also a downfall because they don't. And like you just said, they don't appreciate it to a certain respect, right? Yeah. When you get something free. 
it's kind of like, well, that was great. And then, okay, see ya. And then it's like, oh, well, we just did like literally, I'll never forget one one case. We spent, you know, 30,000 bucks on it. And you just like, okay, see ya. I got, I'm moving. Ciao. <laughs> I think overall, I think for me, one of the the drawbacks of dentistry, like one of the stuff that I don't really love is the lack of kind of job satisfaction in terms of patients, like appreciating the amount of like time and effort you put in, especially when they're paying, even then when they're paying for it, because they like, well, I sat here, I paid for it. So they're not really grateful. So that, that kind of hurts. I think as, as someone who tries to you know, you get into like healthcare and stuff to try and help people and you don't necessarily get that appreciation back or they'll sit down in the chair and literally I'll get this like at least once a day, like, oh, no offense, but I hate the dentist. And so oh, it, that, that kind of stuff kind of gets to you a little bit. So it'd be, and so it's cool to, if you can somehow create that appreciation or get that feedback, um, I, that'd be really helpful, helpful making dentists really enjoy their job a little bit more, I think. Would you... I'm going to ask you a question. Would you be able to, would you have the time, like, would you have the time the next, well, here, here's the first question. Do you call your patients the next day to see how they're doing? Uh, I do for like, if I'm doing something a little bit more expansive, like an endo or like a surgical extraction, I'll call them like personally. Uh, otherwise for the basic kind of stuff, the practice will call them and follow up. So that's what, that's one way I've found is that that fills that gap for myself, whether the patient, they do appreciate the phone call. I hear what you're saying and I find that that phone call the next day fills that gap to me because it's like, Oh, okay. Well, at least they're okay. And they appreciate the phone call because they're not going to appreciate the amount of frustration in whatever you're doing. You're kind of like, Oh gosh, this is not going well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it may be, but at least they, yeah, because I mean, actually I've thought about this a lot with us, with my wife and I is that there's a lot of times where you can't say anything. You are literally sweating and your mouse is, you know, the hamster's running in your head like, oh my God, how do I solve this problem? Yeah. And I can't vocalize anything. And then the procedure's over and the patient's like, ah, thanks. And then they run out <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I'm emotionally wiped because it was so, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, for sure. And, and cause you, I mean, as a professional, as the, as the clinician, you can't even like your face can't show, you need like that nice poker face, right? You're inside, you're like dying. You're like, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to get sued. I'm gonna, like, this is like, my yes. life's over. And then on yes. the outside, you're like smiling and trying to be calm. So it's like, <laughs> it's like this internal, like hurricane. And you're just like on the outside, you're like, just like, you know, out for a walk on a sunny day. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't change after 20 years, man. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just like, I think everything just becomes even, you're just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that's that. Uh, so that was one of the things that that's how I get around that lack of appreciation is just the, calling the, the follow up. That's a great perspective. I haven't, I haven't thought about it that way. So that's, that's pretty cool. Cause you always, yeah. And it, they, you do, you do feel good. Like when you make that phone call and they're like a little bit appreciative or they have like that one or two questions and you just answer it. That's like the one time that they're like, you get some like that satisfaction, job satisfaction out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then what it does is the next layer on top of that is, and you, I'm sure you've done this. It just re, it helps them if they're, it helps. So the two things it does for me is one, it gives them a, I give them my direct line. So it's like, they got a phone call. So they know exactly, they never call. I mean, yeah. once in 20 years, man, somebody's called. So, yeah. so they feel confident about the, what you've done for them. Yeah. Uh, the second is that 
it allows them to alleviate any of their fears that they're feeling afterwards. It's like, well, I'm feeling this. It's like, okay, well, we talked about it. I gave it on the sheet. And then you can reassure them. Yeah. And then, again, the third one is just that uh, kind of like uh, self kind of like, oh, I get to feel good for 30 seconds at least because uh, everyone else takes the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No, that's, that's right. Yeah, I think, you know, the struggle and one of the things to learn as you go forward is, like you said, try and find these little pockets of where you can get that job satisfaction because you need it to kind of keep going and not get burnt out and not not kind of get over the job a little bit, right? So um, if you can figure out little pockets or little ways to connect with people or to get that job satisfaction, I think that's really valuable. Awesome. So um, so to wrap it up, I'll, I'll kind of go through a quick rapid fire, just some like, like light and easy questions to close things up. So what's your what's your favorite pizza topping? Oh man, we just had pizza today. Yeah. It's gotta be bacon. Bacon? Bacon. bacon. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you weren't doing dentistry, what uh career path would you be in? Pilot. 100%. Pilot? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pilot's uh, license. What's uh what's like your favorite tooth to work on? Favorite tooth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, not yeah, eights for my wife. And then yeah. I guess uh, Upper maxillary molar. Yeah, upper molars. Yeah. Um, what's your like what's one procedure in dentistry that kind of makes you question your career choice? Uh that was taking out that tooth the other day. That was <laughs> one. I couldn't get them like the the, medi- the mesial papilla would not numb up, man. Yeah. I mean <laughs> papilla. Every yeah. time I touch it. So I'm just like, he's totally numb. Everything's numb. The whole face is numb. Yeah. So surgical extractions make me really think like but the real one, actually, my real answer was in dental school because I always want to be a dentist. But I remember doing dentures. My first day in denture class, I'm thinking yeah. if I knew that I would be playing with wax and <laughs> I never, I, I didn't know how dentures were made. I had no idea. Yeah. If I knew they were made of wax, I probably would not have been doing this. because yeah. it was so- <laughs> It's very tedious. I had, a, I had a similar case. I was cementing a crown. This is like last week, lower six, like three, six fully numb, like one spot on a tooth. Every time I touched it or water touched it, she would jump out of the seat. So I was like, what is going on? Like, I tried like everything, like, um, you know, inferior alveolar nerve block, like gout gates, like infill, PDL. Eventually I was like, uh, luckily she was the last patient because I'm running like an hour late for this like crown cementation. So luckily I finally, I just like, I sat her up and like, just sit here for 10 minutes. We'll give it some time and see what happens. Finally, she finally, she got numb. And I, so one of my, uh, I tell people one of my like, biggest assets is like I'm very persistent like I don't give up on things but it's also one of my biggest like drawbacks because I won't give up on a surgical even if it's going like an hour and a half I'm like I'm getting this root out like I'm not gonna stop oh my god that's so I'm gonna tell you something that I learned from Frank Spear about those teeth yeah is uh, I don't know if after you prep them do you put gluma on them um I do sometimes but now mostly because I'm doing like onlays and stuff like the biomimetic stuff I'll do like an immediate dentine sealing kind of procedure like I'll yeah because that's what I learned I didn't I didn't know that and I'm just like oh that works out well so anyways yeah. so Gluma's good tip. yeah so uh, what's your favorite band or artist John Mayer John Mayer <laughs> yeah he's oh, yeah. I love that guy Awesome. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's, it's, it's been pretty cool for me, uh, you know, having heard you and seen you in so many videos over the years uh, to have the opportunity to kind of chat with you and, and talk about your journey and your story and uh, what you got planned for the future. I'm excited and hopefully it'd be great to, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to kind of check out your course for you and give you some feedback yeah. and 
It was, I really appreciate the time. It was amazing.